everywhere. Um, <laughs> we kind of got off our trajectory <laughs> just a bit uh, over the last few weeks. We were going to be talking about Shockwaves and A Hero Never Dies 2, and those two episodes were labeled as such, but we wound up actually just going off on a tangent where we discussed the Super Bowl uh, weekend shows that TJ and Biss did, where I was really not a part of anything. Also, I think I was, like, shit-hammered, so I was probably really, like, personal yeah. in discussing things. But you know what? I think that makes for a <laughs> compelling podcast, y'all. But, yeah, I think, you know, uh, considering that we we went through we went through the, the Super Bowl stuff and kind of ate up a lot of time with that, and I think that stuff was really good to talk about. Um, I love the aside stuff. I know at some point you and I were going to have to sit down and just talk about the deathmatch stuff that you did. Yeah. Which was Inspire co-branded. Yeah. So we do need to talk about it. Yep. Um, but yeah. Anyway, we're going to talk about Shockwaves. Uh, we're down to the nitty gritty, man. We don't have that many shows left no. in our history. It's, it's winding down there. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people are probably still wondering what's going on. I think I talked about this a little bit. Um recently how I think I think the beginning of the episode was chopped off because we had some technical difficulties but I was talking about how uh, how uh, promotions from other states had come in and kind of shit the bed for us in terms of some of the venues that we've worked with yeah. uh, we were looking for a venue and then of course the numbers have spiked again in terms of COVID so we're pumping the brakes once more because people just can't you know people are still acting a fool dude not to I I don't want to make this too heavy right off the start, but fuck, man. Like, when you're casting a net out to these buildings, and yeah. like, like, we need a certain number. Like, we could get a room that would hold 100 people. Absolutely. We could get a building in way overpay that would hold 5,000. But we're not going to run a building that holds 5,000 where we have to bring in some fuckhead like, you know, Enzo or fucking pedophile Jerry Lawler to fucking draw that crowd. Um it would be, we want our crowd. Yeah. Right? So, we want we want that Nightmare Freddy crowd, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck yeah, we do. Okay. Um, but man, like, when you're talking to buildings like that, and then you just start getting the, we'll talk to us next year because of the spike, like, to see, like, to see Texas starting to get recognized, like, 15 fucking years, dude. 15 fucking years. 2006. I've been working towards like Texas being a fucking hotbed and to see people like start to recognize Texas and have to sit on the fucking bench. Right. Like right, wrong and different as far as running right now, like just to have to sit on the fucking bench and, and see fucking stuff happen. Yeah. And I'm like, don't take this wrong. Like the, the people that are having success for, for the most part, I'm very happy for, you know, but like, fuck, man, I want to be in that, you know, like, I don't want to do it the wrong way. Yeah. I, um, and, and I, first I of all, finding, finding the right space is a spiritual yeah. thing. I mean, you like you can't you can't walk into some fucking grimy gym that feels like they shoot kitty porn there on their off days. You know, yeah. there are a lot of places that just have a bad aura to them. Dude, abs you know, absolutely. Um, but, 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 but also, like, even if we found the right place, yeah. 
I wouldn't feel comfortable running right now. I don't think it's fair to the workers. I honestly, like I, I was I was messaging uh, Trinity recently who works with Heart of Texas, right? And uh, the numbers are going up and I was looking at the Mayo Clinic model uh, and the, 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 the forecast for what's about to happen, which is, yeah. hey guys, guess what? The worst is not to come yeah. uh, or has not come yet. It's, it's going to happen. And I was like, yeah, look at these numbers and y'all out there acting fucking foolish and you, just doing whatever. You yeah, know? yeah. And, and like, look, I understand all that, right? Like I'm and I'm not saying, hey, because I feel this way, we should fucking just do it, right? But man, just to fucking like be stuck inside like during this time period after like fucking just seriously grinding yeah. all this fucking time to like get to this point and then there's there's a goddamn pandemic and like we can't find a fucking building like it fucking sucks, man. It just fucking sucks. Um, it, it's. Uh, I have no doubt that we'll find some place unique, and I, yeah. I. But I also, like I said, even if we found that 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 beautiful, you know, yeah. that that beautiful Shangri La where we would plug in nicely and the people we worked with were great, I still don't want to yeah. do anything. Yeah. Like I mean, I want to do stuff, but I don't. Yeah. I don't feel and, and like it, it. It feels like that's the right call, right? But like, just I, I hope people understand our frustration. Like, yeah, to like, yeah. It's just I. I can't put it any more eloquently than it just it sucks. Sometimes. And you know, I mean, okay, so uh, we have all our cards written maybe for the next two years, right? And of course, you you mend yeah. you amend chunks chunks yeah. of them as you're like moving forward. <laughs> But we're pretty excited about what yeah, we're yeah. Doing and it, but it's like, so it's like how 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 much of a mockery is it to sit there and look at that lawless darkness belt that we had crafted Dude. over the last year? We have another title belt that we want to add to the full, but we're sitting there looking at all these yeah. killer pieces, but we can't do shit with them, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, you know, there there this is uh, this has been quite a bummer. Yeah. But anyway. On to more fun things, but yeah. Reason. Venue shopping sucks. And yeah. Doesn't yeah. help when people come in and fuck it up. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to jump back into shockwaves. We're going to try and catch up real fast because we, yeah, we're down to the nitty gritty, man. We're like, uh, we're into the final five, essentially, coming up. So. It you know, it would be a great bit if we're the final five, but we just keep going off on tangents. And just we should just start, you know, we should just start reviewing shows that haven't happened. I think that'd be really fun. Just like make shit up. So next week yeah. we'll review the God Complex and how great it could have been. Yeah. No, we'll just talk about it like it happened. Kind of a Mandela effect. Kind of, <laughs> kind of like, yeah, totally, totally bullshit like shows that didn't happen. Bro, don't give away. We booked Sinbad. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, okay, so Shockwaves. This was a fun show. Again, another nod to uh, nod to my my uh, my just my love for cinema. Uh, Shockwaves, being an old uh, weird movie about Nazi zombies, uh, helmed by Peter Cushing. We had a badass poster for this that was actually in three D. Yep. And nobody nobody took any. I've got one. Yeah, I've got one too. But like. They were there. They were on the table, and all the boneheads that came in just totally ignored them. I don't even think they cost anything. We had uh, 3D glasses, too. Yeah, we did. We had 3D glasses and all that shit. It was a good gimmick, man. I was into it. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is one of the last bittersweet shows at AFS. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, so you want to start off with anything here? You got any notes on this? Any, any personal recollections? Yeah, I mean, the... 
the biggest thing here is we have SEU for this show, which is uh, what spurred us on our, our Super Bowl weekend, um, you know, sidetrack there for a couple episodes. Yeah. So this was, uh, you know, TJ made the contact to the Super Bowl show, which let us uh, set up a date for Austin. Um, it feels weird because they've super cooled off now in real time. But at this point, they had been exclusive to Ring of Honor for a long time, and they were taking like six months worth of indie dates. Yeah. So it was kind of cool to get to have an act like that um, at our show. Um, and this was going to be, this was like the only chance that we really had to try anything like that. So um, this is us. Uh, it's headlined by SEU versus a team of Inspire folks that we'll get to when we get to that match. But yeah, that's kind of like uh, the big, the meaty bait on the the hook of this show. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, just you know, kind of. At this point, we're in a groove. I think. Yeah. There's, there's, there's. At this point, I'm, I'm getting a lot of the, the do, that I, that I had not previously experienced when the company first began. So you know, there's not really a lot to talk about in terms of things going awry. I don't think. Yeah, you don't get like the weird pre-show drama, and a lot of these shows too. What was cool by this point is like, basically the the skeleton of the show is together, and yeah. like you get like these happy things that fall in your lap, and you can place them on, you know, to to fill it out. Um, We're in our groove. I think I've figured out how to really fuck with match placement so that the card ebbs and flows fairly perfectly. Um, we have lots of fun stuff happening story-wise, you know. Uh, just just everything kind of flows fairly seamlessly, except for the fact that we keep, you know, getting shuffled around by venues. Anyway, uh, so uh, the first match on this card is Chandler Hawkins uh, versus Andy Dalton. Yeah, this is, uh, this is fun matchmaking, um, if you ask me. Like, both these guys kind of have, like, the southern gimmick right yeah and andy dalton was big into southern wrestling uh but both these guys also can go in like your typical american indie style as well yeah and chandler is just an amazing athlete so there's this weird mesh of like sameness but differentness in yeah. this match that i really enjoyed yeah Ch chandler is uh chandler kind of has this weird chippendale dancer thing going he is definitely uh very southern um, the women like him because he's a, a, a specimen, uh, much to their liking. Uh, he is incredibly athletic. Yeah. What, but but overall too, he has a great uh, he has a, a great sense of uh, of uh, humor yeah. and humility. So he's this young guy, great looking, phenomenal upstart. Has a lot. I mean, I think this guy has a future. He, he's um, southern, but he ain't Dicky Murdoch. You no, know no, I mean? no. And then you have you have Andy, who's kind of like. <laughs> Like he's kind of like a cross between like a, like a he's kind of like Terry Gordy, meets you know some other southern piece of shit. You know he's great. He's great. I love Dickie Murdoch. Yeah, Dickie Murdoch. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. So this is uh, this is just what we want in our openers, right? Just right off the bat. Yeah. And, athleticism. And, and Andy has uh, Andy has a moment here. This is this is kind of ra like we're, we're pushing. We're pushing Andy into something. Yes. Here, so he loses to Chandler, but the match is phenomenal. It's, I've I've always been a strong believer that you can lose and still look phenomenal in your in your loss. I think that's why a lot of uh, early Gabe Zabolski Ring of Honor is so good. You have these guys who go to war, and just because someone comes up short, they can still look phenomenal 
in in you know in the stretch of the match leading up to the defeat a, a defeat doesn't necessarily mean that you you lose heat you know i think a lot of guys don't get that i've always had to argue with people like oh i'm losing it's like yeah well, you're not gonna look bad if you tell the story right you know i think people who can't tell stories in the ring whine about that shit but anyway andy uh andy loses and this uh this leads uh leads to moonshine yeah. coming out i believe moonshine mantel who just returned at the previous show he came out in a battle royal He's obviously here to grab some gold. He's 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 there to build on something. He's really there to kind of like make a statement. He's building an empire essentially for himself, you know, across Texas. He's he's looking to hold a piece of real estate in every notable company across the Lone Star State. Uh, but he, uh, I remember he has a great he has a great promo here as he regards Andy. Yeah. We have the nice little, this is nice too, because the two matches kind of bleed together. And any time that that happens, it's just like chef's kiss to me. It's a very ECW thing too. Yeah. They, that used to happen a lot. You'd see like cards where like one match would bleed into the other and it just kind of like, it just, there was no slow in momentum. Yep. It, yeah. It keeps the show moving. Yeah. It keeps everything going. Uh, not to get too much into the fucking inside baseball there, but uh, yeah, Moonshine comes out and basically give. A, it's kind of like a little bit of a pep talk. Um, tough love talk. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, dude, what the what the fuck have you? You used become? to be you used to be dirty. You used to go for the gullet. It basically addresses the fact that Andy's uh, Andy's face run lacked a little luster. I I think that Andy really sort of amended his character and dialed too far back on his persona. For my for my liking, and um, so I don't think it was necessarily as 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 heatful as as it could have been. Yeah, I, um, I could see that. Yeah, he went he went very much into he became kind of innocuous, I think. Yeah, and and so really, Moonshine's promo is basically like, "Bro, what the fuck happened to you? You used to be somebody," and it's yeah. really kind of insulting, but also it's supposed to light a fire under Andy's ass. Anyway, there's no there's no physical altercation, but there's definitely some tension between Moonshine and Andy. And yeah, you, see, you see a chord has been struck. We're planting the seeds here. You're planting right? seeds, yeah. So from here we go into Moonshine versus versus Ethan Price, and I think yeah. this is kind of uh, this is a good match. It shows Ethan can hang. Yeah, well, and like you just mentioned it in the opener, right? This is one of those matches where even in defeat, like Ethan gains something. Yeah, because like, Ethan takes his ass beating here. You yeah, know? It, not like. When I say he takes his ass beating, not like he gets squashed. No, he like, takes his lumps and he stands up through it. Yeah, I mean, he, I think that's really important when someone can really take a take a punishment and keep standing up. That's how that's how you build a real underdog. Yeah. Um, Ethan and I think Ethan has this weird plucky personality where that's definitely the kind of character and, he, he and, is. Yeah, I mean, the more we abuse him, the more he's going to get over right here, right? So the, the more he goes through, like you said, the more sympathy the, it builds. The more it's going to build. Yeah. Um, so and also the the beautiful thing about this is Moonshine just kind of showed exactly what he was talking about in the promo. Yeah. So this um, is yeah he kind of comes out and goes this is how you get shit done and he yeah. comes out and he he doesn't necessarily just put Ethan out, but still it's it's also kind of building Moonshine towards something else. At this point, I think we weren't really sure what we wanted to do. I know Biss was really hot at this point on putting a title on on Moonshine. Yeah, and as I, I've almost always been. Like, well, sort of, not necessarily always. Yeah. I think at not, this not at the beginning. I think yeah, because like when he came when he came back from, you know, his his stint up in Kansas City, um, he was a big part of that. Yeah. He was a huge part of what they were doing up there um, and had worked as 
weird and dinky as that thing was, like, had just worked TV for fucking however long. And th- that adds something, you know? Even even in a live environment, yeah. I think that adds something to, to how somebody presents themselves, how they carry yeah, themselves. Yeah, absolutely. But, like, when he came back, I felt like everybody was just throwing a title around him. And uh, typically yeah. when that happens, I'm the kind of guy that looks at you, stuff like that and I go, I don't want to do you, that. You push away. I Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't lean into that shit. I think you wanted to lean into it, but I felt like... It's not so much to lean in, but, like, if it's there, it's there, right? Not so much that, okay, everyone's putting their title on him, let's put our title on him. Yeah. If he's good enough to have titles, like, fuck it, he's good enough. Yeah, but, I mean, here's the thing, though. I looked at it similar to when Carson Houston was running roughshod across Texas, right? And Carson has that look. He has that just... He he, he has that, that, that essence of what a lot of traditional pro wrestlers look like. Yeah. You know, people look at him and go, oh, that's a pro wrestler, you know? And But I, I always felt like there were a lot of companies all across Texas that catered to guys specifically of that ilk. Yeah. So when, when I would see everybody just hanging shit on guys like Carson or guys like Moonshine, it was no disrespect to them, but I kind of wanted to be the company that was sort of elevating guys like Palmer. Yeah. You know? Like... And I've had there's part of it to my personality too, but yeah, that, that's definitely definitely a makeup of our company, right? Um, if you can go yeah. see this in this company, then I want to do the thing that you can't see in that company. That's always been it, my stance. In true, um, but and there's guy there's guys that have that look that are absolute dog shit that get you know tagged titles and pushes in those companies too. <laughs> yeah, um, but like I don't I've never minded like the the like one percent, I guess is the way to put it, of like the Houston Carson and the Moonshine Mantel. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of who. My else my would. opinion though about guys like that typically though is, you know, you look at a guy like Mike Dell. Mike Dell has to have the belt, and a lot of guys of that nature feel like if they aren't representing the company by holding the main title, then what the fuck are they doing there? And my thing is that when I look at a guy like Houston Carson or I look at a guy like Moonshine Mantel, I look at them and they're so impressive and they can do the work, I feel like they don't really need a belt. So whenever I've tried to book them in angles, not that Moonshine was like this. Ryan Ryan is a goddamn angel. Yeah. His and, and Houston was always so easy to work with. I just want to say that... that you know, yeah, up front, the, there are guys. There are guys who you know who fit that who fit that mold. We're not going to name names, yeah. but there are guys. There are guys who fit that mold, and it's like, eh, you know. But what I want to do with guys like Mantel is I want to use them creatively and do different stuff with them. Yeah. You know, you, out there in the ether, there was already Moonshine Mantel is the baddest motherfucker, and he has the title. Yeah, is, is basically what it's yeah. Like. And I really wanted to do something where we started. I think I'm just gonna like throw this out there because like spoilers, fuck it, right? Yeah. Like this isn't what we're doing. You'll here. get there. This eventually. isn't. This isn't. This isn't Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> fucking fan fan podcast. Okay. Um, I I wanted to kind of build a, a Freebirds kind of stable with Dalton and Mantell, and and I I believe I wanted Davidson in there as well. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do something with just this trifecta of like just filthy animal types who were just mean and really epitomized pro wrestling. And I think my initial idea was, I think I wanted, I think at this point, you know, we have, we have Thunder and Sherry and I'm looking for a foil. Yeah. And I love the idea of 
just letting Rosa beat the shit out of Andy (laughs) (laughs) and Cherry, Cherry and Moonshine really having some, some, some barn burners. And I think this is where we're, that's what I was working toward in my head. And Cherry and, and, and Thunder are so smooth and like, you know, rhythmic and like, like, uh, I don't know, suave, right? Suave. 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 And these God guys are these guys are fucking roughnecks and cut her, you know, rough around the edges. Um, yeah, very southern. So I like, love I love the fun uh, yeah. thing there. I I really had an idea where they were going to take those tag belts and defend them in a really unique way, where they kind of switched off freebird style, you know. But but we did we did have like magnificent plans for this, but as things are wont to do in the business, uh, things <laughs> it didn't really materialize the way we saw. Um, and uh, I was very frustrated about it. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later as it pertains to the main event, actually. And one Cherry Ramon. Oh, that's right. Um, okay. So uh, uh, up next, we have a three-on-one handicap match. Wait, what is it? Three, wait. Yeah, three-on-one handicap match where it's, uh, it's, it's Dan the Man, uh, uh, T. Ray Watford, and, and, Ashton Jacobs. And, and Ashton Jacobs against uh, Tempo. And I believe yeah. what's at stake here is uh, Tempo getting out of his contract. I yes. Yeah. And uh, this is a fun match. Yeah. Uh, this is actually, this is the only, I think, one of the only uh, points of contention we had uh, creatively going into this where uh, Tempo didn't want any moment with Dan, like physically. And I said, no, you kind of have to get that in there just yeah. a little bit because we're trying. At this point, he didn't feel that Dan should have been in the match. Yeah. But we had already promoted it as such. People were looking forward to seeing it. you know. But, and the thing is, is that Dan, uh, you have to give him his due. He was training. He, yeah. had, he had trained. He was a trained wrestler. And we were really trying to kind of like show that, hey, this guy, he's an actual in-ring performer as well. Yeah. And that's sort of like, that's the weird thing that we come up against, right? We're guy like we'll promote. We've promoted something for X amount of fucking weeks, <laughs> and guys show up the day of the show and be like, oh, "That's not going to work for me, brother." Like, fuck you. We've already told people that's what they're going to see. Yeah. Like, like how bush league does it ever then, fucking look when like, oh, hey, oh, by the way, this thing that we told you was going to happen for six weeks. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Never mind the man behind the curtain. You never saw that. Let me just gaslight you real quick. Like, yeah. Nope. This is actually what like. I hate when guys can't see the big picture enough to understand, like, that can't happen. Yeah. They walk in thinking, like, oh, we'll just change it to this. Like, no. (laughs) Like, are are you not paying attention? Okay, my personal personal favorite thing is when I'll say, well, no, man, somebody will go, like, yeah, this isn't going to work for me. And I'm like, well, I don't give a fuck if it works for you. This is uh, going forward what we're doing, and this is kind of an integral part of the plot. So this is how it's going. And they'll go, like, well, you never explained it to me like that. And I said, well, uh, any time you want to come by and fucking grill and, you know, chill, let me know. You know, but you don't really fucking talk to me as it is. So at this point, I'm just going to steer the ship that I'm paying for. You don't you don't pay pay my insurance. You know, <laughs> like I'm making sure you get paid every fucking time you come here and I make sure that people show up and I promote the show. Just fucking flow with it, man. But Tempo here fought me pretty hard. He fought me pretty hard on this. He was like, he was like, no, nah, I don't think Dan should be involved. And I'm like, well, Dan's an in-ring... Per- We're trying to promote him as an in-ring performer. I'm not saying that he's going to come in and kick your ass, you know? But, um, yeah, anyway. Um, but this is leading to... This uh, is a lot of fun. This match yeah, was a lot of and fun. And this is also leading to something fun that we're going to do that kind of fell in our lap because Tempo is going to have to leave. Yeah, 
We had a lot. I had a lot of plans, and I think the thing that frustrated Tempo was that there were all these things that he wanted to do within the company, and there were things that I wanted to do with him, and I had long-term plans for him. But when you're leaving, you're leaving, you know. Yeah. So it just it didn't work. So we kind of yeah he 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 goes over in this. This is a fun as fuck match, Um, and of course this this is kind of paving the way for Tempo to. Kind of come back, kind of, kind of like a, come back to his uh, his roots as a fan favorite in our company. He's gonna yeah. go out. He's gonna go out as a baby. Yeah, he's gonna get. He, but his dip, his dip into being an, the enemy was really fun. It was a good story. I think he was good at it. He was great. Um, he was a good heel because he really has that. He really has that Clubber Lang thing. Because yeah. I think that was like one of the reference I had for him. What I always really loved about the Clubber Lang character, Clubber is like almost a perfect heel for me because he's this guy that comes up from poverty and he's super hungry. You know, he's not yeah. just bad for the sake of being bad. He's just ultimately just a fucking hard ass because he cannot tolerate anybody you know coming up and coming after him he has to be impenetrable and the only way to be impenetrable is to be just fucking mean and he's so good and and uh tempo really really yeah. wore that wore that that style well um i know he preferred to be uh, a baby but man he was a good heel gotta sell that merch brother yeah i know um, i know can we uh can we change from our normal um schedule here can we go into the match after this first and then come back to the uh the gotland match you want you want to talk about the j the j series match yeah i want to talk about the j series match and then okay. we'll go back into the gotland okay um so <laughs> what feels natural is up next but that's not quite right okay. so just All hang right. with us here but we have a entire so, pro title match between j series and zach taylor zach taylor is on this baby face run out an unseen uh, right surprise run he beats tempo um we're starting to get to where we've gotten quite a bit out of that run right zach didn't need his run to be too entirely long and nope. i know that there were people who were bitching about this for a while um he's not that guy here <laughs> no but also the point was that like hey man in order to get the title again you have to fucking lose it <laughs> yeah. like don't you, you get that you like it's we not, can't miss you if you never yeah, lose <laughs> i'm not i'm not like taking the title off leave. i'm not taking the title off of him and firing him <laughs> <laughs> you know like that was that's the way that we were treated though Bro, like it is yeah. i'm like oh like look man he's gonna have a fucking arc everything has an arc also like uh at the same point i had this ultimate vision where we were going to do this three-way for a certain title yeah and it was going to be cody versus ethan versus zach yeah and i couldn't have fucking zach <laughs> have the fucking belt and these guys that were involved loved it this is where they start to become kind of pains in the asses i think yeah. for me too because they're like going oh i don't want to do this or no i don't fucking feel this and it's like i don't give a fuck why are you guys being such fucking jerks go do go do whatever you want to do in heavy metal like let's like like fucking follow my fucking script man i'm getting annoyed at this point because i have things that i know will be beautiful because we've had moments that were fucking beautiful before and i always feel like there was this questioning of me being like capable of keeping things good it's like hey man 
are you sure? I was like, yeah, no, I'm fucking steering this shit into the fucking ground. I'm trying to do the worst for you that I can because it really benefits me <laughs> as the guy promoting the motherfucking show. Yeah, I'm going to ruin, I'm doing the most mediocre shit that I can. And it's not that there's a pattern of mediocrity leading up to it. It's, I think maybe they're just afraid that I was going to botch shit or something, but it's like, hey man. They were have saving a little... you from you, Max. Yeah, yeah, me, doing. yeah, fuck everybody. Anyway. So and then Jay Serious, like we we wanted to put a title on Jay Serious that so uh You, you know, know, he has always had some of the worst fucking ideas about where he wanted to go. Um I feel like he is a guy that underneath it all, under the veneer of humility, uh really wants to be pushed as that guy. The guy. But a lot of the times he really wants he like he wants to put other people over. But the thing about that is that if you're just constantly losing and getting your ass kicked, it doesn't matter who beats you. It doesn't help them. Well, and we've talked about you know? it two times on this podcast already. There's ways there's ways to win and put people over, too. Just yeah. like there's ways to lose and get yourself over. Like, yeah. Um, what you do is you kick out at 3.5. Yeah. Because that always makes the crowd think that you almost kicked out and not make them think it's a botch finish. Well, he's like... Fuck that spot. It, it, at this point, like... He was, he was pitching this thing where he wanted to do an apology tour, or something where he was just going to apologize to everybody that he'd fucked over, which didn't really make a whole lot of sense. And it we had just heated him back up. I man. know, I know, it didn't make sense. And he really wanted to go on this tour where he did nothing but he got beat by young guys, and it's like that doesn't help them. If if you if you have no value and you're just this guy that has a reputation for losing in the eyes of the fans, you have to be kind of kind of. You know, fluffed up. You have yeah. to look. You have to we, look. And, we missed the window for that, yeah, brother. Yeah. Anyway, it's not where. Okay. The train left. So, Biss, where are you going with this? Why? Why did? Why? Why did we have to skip the gauntlet? So, so, Jay Sirius wins the title why, from but, from Zach yeah. Taylor here. Yeah. So, and here we go. Jay Sirius wants to work with younger people, and right, Jay, the guy is an amazing. He. He's one of the he's one of the best wrestlers in the state of Texas. No one gets wrestling more than JoJo. Yeah. I have friends out there who are like, oh, he looks, you know, oh, little uh, Lord Littlebrook. It's like, no, man, sorry, the guy. First of all, one of the few people I wouldn't fuck with personally. Yeah. I don't even know if you've ever seen JoJo mad. <laughs> it's scary. Like I'm scared of him personally. I'm not so much scared of him mad, but he also has. Is have you ever had him snap huge... on you? Yeah. It sucks. I haven't had him snap on me. I've, I've well, seen him snap on people, though. Um, but he also has an extreme knowledge of both catch wrestling and yes. submission so, holds. Well, I mean, for, and, so, so here's the thing. I think he's legitimately uh, someone that, even though he's in stature smaller, yeah, I find him to be intimidating when I'm having to deal with him sometimes. Yeah. But yes, he has an incredible knowledge of wrestling history. Yeah. I mean, the guy is an encyclopedia. He, he could probably put you in quite a bit of pain without a whole lot of effort. Yeah. Um, and he could, and, and if you add into that him being angry at you, um, that's a different level. Uh-huh. But yeah, he, he definitely has an extreme knowledge of holds, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what I wanted to point out there, he's sort of like, he's sort of like a Dean Malenko or a William Regal in the you know, mid to late uh, 90s where, like, he's a guy that you know you can put with somebody and they'll make them look amazing. Yeah. You know? Um, a Barry... I don't... People are going to think just enhancement talent when I say Barry Horowitz, but Barry Horowitz and Norman Smiley are also guys that were extremely technically gifted, you know, but were 
viewed as enhancement talent most of the time that they were around, right? Well, it's because the best guys are generally those guys. Yeah. So Those are the guys that can make people look the best. Yeah. And Joe is very much in that class, I think. And then his expertise is, you know, uh, intergender wrestling or women's wrestling, right? Yeah. So we have a scramble match that's a number one contender for the the Inspire Pro Championship here. This so, is the match before. Yeah, so I can't tell you why we made the decision to put over who we put over here if and I, not spoil what happens in the match after. So okay, that's yeah. why we kind of jump here. Sure. So um, Jenna Lynn has really jumped on the scene here and and really impressed a lot and the of people. And the fans are also connecting with her in a yep. big way. Like she's... She's really got the the heart of the fans at this point. It, it's eerily similar to Ethan. Yeah, but different, right? I think around this time we had also announced that um, we would be opening up all titles and erasing all gender barriers yeah. that anybody could challenge for any title. You know, one of the things that I've fought, like Miss and I, fought hardcore over and over about this and I think we've kind of both we both see each other's sides and I think this is softened toward it but my opinion was that I don't I didn't think that the women could be showcased properly for all that they could be or all that they could do if they were relegated to only wrestling other women I felt like women who were fans if women in the business who were fans of wrestling in general should have opportunities to wrestle names if they came through and wanted and were open to the opportunity to do intergender, right? And there were women who could certainly get 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 over in that sense. Like there were there were women who were convincing and could really do phenomenal stuff with the guys. But I also felt like it would benefit and make the women or help the women grow. So I also felt like if you said that a woman couldn't be the primary champion of a company, it was kind of denigrating the gender. It's a shitty message, right? Yeah, it's a really bad yeah. message. And so, like, that's one of the things that I was really pushing. Yeah. Uh, and so, I loved... I think we announced that with this uh, this gauntlet match yeah. or whatever. It, if you do that, you have to be serious about it. Right? Yeah. And I, that's where what we finally got at. We're like, well, we're the ones that are going to make sure this is serious. We can trust ourselves, right? But if you use this fucking... <laughs> If you use our explanation for this in your little company and then use it to hold women down, I will come kick you in the fucking balls. Like, yeah, there, there is a, a road that is shitty uh, along this path. But it, it goes back to us talking about how yeah. also like, you know, you you just treat the women like smaller competitors. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, it almost in some ways, it's kind of like shaking out the blanket and inviting a cataclysm to how people perceive uh, fighting divisions and you go okay well we're going to shake out the blanket and we're going to go and kind of reinvent the idea of weight class yeah you know you really when you when you want to like work on ideas like that you kind of have to shake people's expectations up you know um but anyway yeah we we so jojo beat zach jojo was actually really adamantly against the idea we needed to take the belt off Zach because I felt like, in a weird way, it was kind of cooling. Yeah. He'd had a few matches that I don't feel like he was really... You, well, I mean, what else could he do besides be the guy that was the champion and then squeaked it out at the last match? He kind of had some matches that I didn't think he really put much effort into. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Like, Well, the, the one was the solo match, right? The, yeah. And, like... I don't think that was his lack of effort. No, I think he kind of let Solo steer it. Yeah. And that wasn't, that's like, you can't, you can't hold a title and let other people be in charge, yeah. you know? 
Well, you have to consider too that like that's where he was in his career too. Oh, you know sure. I mean? Like he sure. wasn't ready to. Sure, but if we if we behind the scenes in in our domicile are yeah. going, no man, don't let people fuck with the thermostat. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know. and that's that's you know he's gotten. It's this simple, right? Mm -hmm. He's gotten what he needs out of this title run. If we keep it, it on him, him, it starts to hurt him. Yeah. We make the change. Yeah. Like, it, ca it catapulted him into another area, right? Yeah. He came in with that hot-ass three-way with Vega and ACH. Yep. And that was good. That put him that put him out there, right? Yep. And then we came up and we kind of built toward this, like, this upset victory, it, which was huge. And told people, hey, he wasn't just put in that match yeah. as a favor. He fucking has that talent. Yeah. And then we established that. And now... It's time to move on or else it's going to fucking... It's going to get stale. Gonna get stale. Yeah. yeah. So then... And, and also we wanted to move him onto this this weird, hey, Cody Lane might be turning into an asshole, you yeah. know, kind of storyline. So we had we had plans and there was always on the back burner this idea that Zach would come back and and kind of kind of go after the title again. Yeah. So it, it was really not about like... It was not a measure of disrespect. It was just like I didn't fully think he was ready. He got what he needed out of it. Time to move on to something else. And also, time to elevate JoJo and let him step up and, yeah. you know. Z Zach was not ready to be the ace of the company. No. Right. Um, so, and, so this leads us into what's JoJo's first defense going to be, which... Jenna was getting, Jenna was getting perhaps the biggest baby pop on the yeah. cards up until this yeah. I mean she was people were like and that's the thing is like you really know how to read your crowd I mean it's it's one thing to have ideas that you want you know but I will shift gears if I notice that fans are really uh, really favoring someone because that means that they that's what they want to see yeah so wait you listen to the crowd oh my god right holy that's, shit what man. a novel no, fucking we, concept we tell them what the fuck they want Max yeah fuck and if they don't agree with us they're gonna fucking learn to love it um, Penelope Ford you, you want to go right into that? Yeah. I was going to go over the other talk, names first, no, but let's go no, ahead. No, fuck this. Okay. No, okay. No, no, wait, 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 <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about the gauntlet match first. First of all, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of talent in this thing. <laughs> this um, is, this is one of those byproducts of the, um, quote unquote, litest weekend, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of, um. So we have Dimitri Alexandrov, Erica Torres, Gino, uh. Joe DeMauro, who is one of the Super Academia yep. hopefuls. Uh, Chris Wolf is here. Um, this was kind of a big deal for her, right? Yeah, this is her last last match in Texas. Yeah. Uh, and she is she's winding down. Yeah. She's going to retire due to injuries. Is this, was this a 64 gauntlet type thing? Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. of course, the, uh, the, six, the, the N64 gauntlet as we have, you know, we are the progenitors of, of this uh this this gimmick match where four people are in the ring at a, at a time and because you know in the battle royal and the N sixty four wrestling it's, games they could only handle could handle uh, could only handle four people in the battle royals at a time so every time someone lost someone new came out we also turn the refs into two D uh, sprints for this no that not quite P Penelope Ford um, <laughs> Prince Adam uh, debuts here yeah uh, along with Mark Champion who I don't know what the fuck happened to that guy. Yeah. Uh, Roxy, who makes it through our uh, our filter at this point. Yeah. I learned the day of the show that she was actually under the age of 18, which is a rule that we have in Inspire. Yeah. Um, 
And we have Thomas Shire coming back. We had uh, we were happy to have Thomas back. Um, he we buried some hatchets yeah. there, and I had some ideas for him. I was really excited to uh, to you know uh, to explore. And of course, Shotzi Blackheart. Yeah. This is like star studded. This <laughs> it's is pretty nuts. crazy when you think yeah. about it. Um, but this is also like a moment where I was kind of like, oh, I want to see how these. Erica Torres was great. Yeah. Oh my God. Like um, Roxy seemed a little bit like deer in the headlights here yeah though she's really evolved into i mean she's great i you know first of all she's a she's an she's a she's an angel doll she's yeah. just a she's just wonderful as a person easy easy to deal with but she seemed a little confused here at times there was definitely some like some uh star studded some uh, stars in the eyes yeah what's the yeah, way yeah. to fucking say that but you yeah. know during the headlight was a good way I tried yeah. to I tried to go above and beyond I, but but anyway so so we go <laughs> well Jen, Jenna Lynn goes up here I think yeah, she, it's it's Jenna and, it comes down to Jenna, Jenna and, Chris. and Chris and um right Chris does the favors and um we also have a moment where all of the female talent on the show comes out to bid goodbye to Chris, and Chris this is Chris's like like retirement tour yeah. kind of I think thing. she has like one other match in her back home like where she's from yeah uh, or nearby but, but this is very this is, this is very emotional yeah um, I think so, Chris even like she, she, she shed some tears she, she cried yeah, yeah. so I it, it was kind of like the women came out yeah. they surrounded the ring they said thank you and, and they and Ro- Rosa cut a promo Rosa cut a promo yeah. yeah and it was the second time that I had Chris Wolf on the show where I left her in tears <laughs> like, yeah that was uh, well these were good tears <laughs> these were good tears this time so um, but uh, yeah very cool to be able to like um, say goodbye to, to a person like that and to see them like be able to like go off and enjoy life after wrestling you know I we don't have to tell people how shitty wrestling life can end up so it's always cool when somebody uh gets to ride off in the sunset and still talk to her occasionally today like is in loving life and uh where she is at now yeah and of course this also sets up jenna lynn as the first female contender to the inspire pro title against uh jay serious yeah. and it sets up a, a match i mean you have this guy who is jay serious is the most reviled heel in the history of our company, and, uh, and as, as bubbly baby faces you can yeah. get right now for us, and then you have Jenna Lynn, who is at this point really getting the wild pops. Man, people yeah. are really loving her, and so uh, we're we're just envisioning what what is going to be when you have the most hated versus the most beloved, and of course what that's going to do, uh, the outcome is going to do to either of them, you know, um, or for them. Uh, but yeah, man, let's talk about uh, dipshit Penelope Ford or whatever. <laughs> like, uh, so, yeah, so yes, I'm yeah, fuck her, dude. Fuck her. Yeah. I don't care. Like, I don't give a fuck who she is or where she's at. Fuck her. That was disrespectful. Jump into it. Okay. Yeah, she was. She was. And this uh, is also this is also why Gino uh, didn't come back and work for us. Yeah. I can I can honestly say this. So I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to pick the correct words, but she was uh she was basically being not nice to the the. the bar staff at the venue yes she actually called one of the bartenders there female bartender a cunt yeah and gino was you know i don't chase and tail or whatever at yeah. that point i'm just gonna be frank and it's like look you come into our home and you treat our family like shit you can go fucking take a hike i don't give a fuck who you are or what you nothing i'm gonna say this right now in the plainest terminology that i can i can dredge up okay 
There is nothing that you can accomplish or do in your lifetime that makes it okay for you to treat another breathing, living, feeling human being like shit. So Penelope Ford can go get fucked. She had no right to treat the bartender like she did or use the vernacular that she did with this person, which actually really upset this staffer. It made made the company look bad. It made wrestling look bad. And that's not how you conduct yourself. If you're a worker, you are an ambassador to the business. You better be fucking diplomatic as shit. Because if people think that you are an asshole and a wrestler, the takeaway is that all wrestlers are assholes. Yeah, and, and we just, we talked about at the start of this podcast about how difficult fucking venue relations are. The theme of this whole fucking series has been how difficult venue relations are. It's difficult. It's just in, in general, wrestling yeah. has a black eye. Yeah. It has a stigma. I mean, it might be easy for some people in certain areas, but where we're at, where people have burnt yeah. bridges, where people have come in and acted the fool. Yeah. It yeah. ain't been, it ain't, like, it ain't always been great, you know? Yeah. And like, and that's the thing that drives me nuts is when people come in act like they're fucking rock stars that don't even understand what the fuck that means. Yeah. And then, you know, leave a leave a fucking mess and then leave it for somebody else to clean up after, which has been another theme of the entire fucking series is us, you know, cleaning up the mess at the end of the night. Um, we don't shit where we eat. Yeah. Neither should you. Because you, you fuck it up for the whole staff. Yeah. Anyway, after this uh, torching, uh, <laughs> we have to go back to the show, right? Because all good things must come to a fucking end. Yeah. No, but seriously... You know, be nice. Yeah. It's not hard to be nice. You know, I think also the thing is, is that when people get contracts, because I think she had, she was like an it, AEW. It was coming. Yeah. You it know. wasn't official by now. It was. Well, I, I mean, I think everybody fucking knew, but yeah. it's just like, you know, it's like, you don't like shit on people on your way up or out, yeah. you know, just, just be decent. Like, I'm just, I'm offended. Like, I don't care how I just, I'm, I've never been one to be like, oh, she's. You know, she's attractive. That's cool. And she's talented, yeah. sure. But you know what? If you're, you, 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 you know, you're, you, if your fucking shitty attitude is the baby Ruth in the fucking pool, okay? It ruins everything, and everybody has to get out of the water because you dropped a fucking chocolatey deuce in that shit. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyway, into this six-man tag match we have where we're kind of, uh, uh, Building a story that we're switching gears on as it's developing, sadly, um, where Baby D, Bruno, one of the heavy hearts, and uh, I believe Luigi Primo, who's up and coming at this point. Uh, dude, that guy's a star. <laughs> yeah, had, um, had just debuted in the Battle Royale the show yeah. before, right? Yeah. yeah, and they're going up against the cool. And this is kind of our, we're wrapping this up. Yeah. Baby, ba- Baby D is uh, going after Cam, who's been a total jerk to her. And here we are. Uh, with this conclusion, with the the babies going up, yeah, and the heels going going under, but we have big plans for the cool at this point. We have a lot of ideas. We see a lot of potential in, in Kiefer, Rachel, Cam, um, and we've really been enjoying working with them at this point. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that 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 the, we had different there's ideas. There's a ton this, of cool yeah. stuff I can get into, but it's really for a later show. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and from here we go into the undefinable championship match with Delilah Doom versus Cody Lane Summers, the lawless darkness. And here we start to see, 
the germination of what ultimately uh, Lawless Darkness is supposed to be about. Yes. But also we have some stuff going on with Delilah that, that influenced this, this this decision, personally. Yeah, well, I mean, at this point, too, right? We kind of talked about it when we talked about the, the Jay Sirius and Delilah match. Like, she is now living in California. Mm-hmm. Um, there's times where she's in town because of sabotage or whatever, but, like, she is now a flying guest. Like, yeah. she she's spread her wings and gone out to fly, right? So she's kind of gotten to this point where she's now more of a guest star than she is uh, an, a regular, you know, in Texas yeah. member of the roster. But also she's dialed back on a lot of the aspects of her character that I think fans really latched onto, personally. Yeah, it's, it's become kind may of not, it may, weird... I mean, you know, maybe I'll get heat for saying this. I don't really give a fuck, but, like... I mean, because I love her. Like I've heard that she's kind of re, like that that character, the the the, the, yeah. the mall, the the mall going, uh, '80s baby, uh, you know, uh, just just who she was. Yeah. I heard I, I hear that it's kind of been reinvigorated. When, when she when she wrestled Envy Young at at um, Heavy Metal, it was full on fucking mall baby back. Thank, so I was thank happy God, to see that. You know, right? shit. I love I because I think that that's that's really that's really a huge part of. Her appeal was just how fun she was. Yeah. And when I feel like she kind of became sort of... It, there was, like, like, trying to get a little grit and sandpaper to it. Yeah. And there's certain baby faces that don't need grit and sandpaper. No. You know? No, because I think, honestly, it's it's the uh, it's the juxtaposition. It's, it's the... Uh, it's that it's that thing where you you know when she would have her explosive comeback moments or she would do something that was really kind of wild, it was coming from this really endearing, soft, colorful, bubblegummy character. So it was yeah. just this radical juxtaposition of her going from one extreme to the other was really exciting for people because it would really elicit a holy shit kind of response, you know. Plus, she was just so cuddly as as the mall the mall character. Yeah. I think the nostalgia of her character is such a good good angle and I, I don't really see that anywhere right now she was doing something that i don't see anybody else in the business doing so fuck yeah she should she, i hope she continues to latch on to it but um anyway yeah she's our longest reigning inspire pro champion of any nature at yes. this point and i really wanted to do something that catapulted cody into a very dastardly uh uh, like hood, yeah, you know, and I think I think we did it here. It, where he's, he's kind of shown glimpses of it, but like this is where it's this like, is where you full turns. This is where it's like no, it's no coincidence. Yeah, he, he is that guy. Yeah, this is where it's like uh, he has he has this ability. He can take shortcuts if he wants. That's the whole thing. Is kind of like leaving somebody in a room alone with a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, do they take it? <laughs> you know, yeah. and he he proves to be the kind of person who actually takes it. Well, and know? here's the deal, right? It's not just one day. Like this yeah. is okay. We leave Cody in the room with the hundred dollar bill on the first show, and he kind of looks at it. Now on the second show, he comes over and picks it up and makes sure it's real. This is the show where, where he, he takes, takes it and puts it in money. his fucking pocket. Yeah. yeah, it's and it's it's great. I mean, it. Yeah. Uh, what's funny though is the reaction isn't entirely whatever. I mean, some people were fucking mad. Some people cheered him. Um, it was a, yeah. it was a, it was a divisive, divisive victory. But he, uh, he actually takes advantage of his opportunity, and kind of takes a shortcut. You know, yeah. I mean. And we had the gr- the great promo with Doom afterwards, which uh, she poured a lot of emotion into it, mm-hmm. and 
it was so much emotion that I think the message wasn't as clear as it could have been because she found a way to make herself very upset. Oh, yeah. Um, of the, you know, Cody, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. was the big line we wanted to get. But we got it. I think yeah. it read well. Yeah. I don't think it got buried under anything. Yeah. But I, think, I mean, she was extremely emotional, which yeah. I thought was cool yeah. to be able to pull that out. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yep. And that is the... And she, like, she really summed up with that line... The, the epitome of lawless darkness. Yeah. It's this title that's supposed to be this thing where you can actually use it as a badge or a bludgeon. Yeah. You can use it to fix things or you can use it to just fluff your nest. And uh, this is like one of the... Cody, I will say this. He was very difficult uh, in in certain 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 uh, in, uh, intervals like it, going forward with this. But he's the first guy that was actually able to get the lawless darkness thing uh, over like he in the cross right yeah he made it he made it he made it make sense and he kind of followed things for a while yeah um actually I will say this though Cody was the Cody was the first guy to fucking reject the badge like he it got lost um I wasn't you know he yeah I don't even know where little, it is a little pissy on him with that cause we're he's kind of yeah. doing the same thing with the belt right now isn't he nah not so much but Not he's so been that. Yeah. But he, yeah, he is doing his little creative shit with the belt right now. Well, I don't like that though. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I think you you like it personally. I don't care for it. I want the belt back. Um, anyway, that's that's what happened there. Um, after this, uh, this is going to be one that you're going to need to steer a lot on because I know you have a lot of thoughts on it. Ricky Starks oh, versus Eddie Kingston. And this was both of them wanted this match yeah. so bad. Um, so this they had uh, they had gotten close because Ricky was starting to get out more and more now. So um, they knew each other. Yeah. And then also from Kingston being in town. So um, you know I think they they had some time together in Atlanta, and then I think Ricky was up in Chicago a little bit for when Eddie was up there. I don't know if that's correct or not, but mm-hmm. needless to say they had they had started to talk to each other, and they had. Um, I don't want to say they had similar taste in wrestling, but they they had similar taste in at least enough of the same thing that they thought that they could have a really good match together. So they started kind of lobbying for this match, and anytime we can bring Eddie in, you know it's going to be an easy Because he's an angel. Me. Yeah. He's an angel. And it, it makes me feel so good to tell people who love him that he is a great guy. Yeah. Because like, there's so many wrestlers who people love, and you find out that they're ultimately shitbags, and it interferes with your enjoyment some, yeah. somewhat. But peop, guys, it's okay to love Eddie Kingston. He's a he's a he's a goddamn angel. Yes. And uh, so they they go and this is a fight. This is they they're shooting for perhaps the best Eddie Kingston match that we've ever had. I think so. In yeah, our I think company. I think that's fair. The Sammy one was very good. Yeah. But I think this was the best Eddie match. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Sammy's match was more like a Sammy match. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was like an Eddie match. Isn't um, it? Isn't it weird to look at AEW and see all the guys that we, we know this that could be a TV main event? <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know that in the future you're going to see some stuff repeated from our company. Yeah. And I, I mean, I hope we do. Yeah. So um, I think on that stage it would be even. I mean, obviously, it would be phenomenal. But so. yeah, this this is really good. Eddie had a really good weekend this weekend. He did. There's an, there's another. He he wrestles Thomas Shire for heavy metal on Friday. Um, we watched UFC on Saturday, which was great. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dorks. Anyway, no, this was a. But this, this was, was a, amazing. Yeah, this is another one of those uh, 
notches on the Ricky Starks tear belt. Yeah. Like, he's just killing it every fucking it, time. And create. Yeah, I, when you say for me to drive, I'm going to get into the nuts and bolts. But creatively, yeah, this is this is another step of Ricky, you know, really building up Ricky's resume. Yeah. For what's about to happen. Absolutely. Um, and then we get into the main event. Yeah. Um, this is a fun one. This is, yeah. <laughs> uh, you you want to talk about SCU? Like, your feeling? Like, yeah. see, I, I feel like they came in and just acted like the fucking cool kids in the cafeteria, which is fine. They've earned it, you know? They, um, I mean, they did. Yeah. Um, so, I think Scorpion Sky thought that it was going to be all Russell Circus fans. Yeah. I don't think he fully understood the dynamics of Austin. Like, clearly he knew what that crowd was, because that was what he had seen, right? Yeah. Um, and they were there. Some of those people were there. Yeah. Uh, Frankie was super easy to deal with. Um, I love him. I'm a big fan. Yeah, Christopher Daniels was harassed quite a bit on this show. I felt bad I feel for bad. him. Um, but, uh, you know, actually, I will, I will say um, Christopher Daniels was actually really nice to me. When he saw when when he saw me interacting with my kids, yeah. Like I don't know if he is a father, but um, when he saw me and Fox and and all you know us yeah. kind of like hanging out and, and Fox going crazy, um, he came over and he hung out and I thought that was that was really cool. Yeah. I think that's that's nice when people can be just kind of like human and let their guard down. And he was he I've always I've always liked him. And so, but I felt like there was a weird standoffishness when they came yeah. in, and I get it because I can imagine just the yeah, shit they get. like everybody and their brother was like, "Hey, let me just drop my resume off." Oh to you real my quick. god, it's I was like, embarrassed. Oh. I was embarrassed by that. I, I mean, hated it's like, it. It's my least favorite, like behind the scenes show. Yeah, because of that. I'm and I'm also going to talk about one thing that really pisses me off. Okay, so this is this is uh, SEU versus probably our three top faces, which is yes. Steve Arino. Uh, Thunder Rosa mm-hmm. and, and Cherry. Cherry and at this point Cherry comes into the building not looking great he looks amazing now but no. this is when he was kind of on his way out yeah he I think re- he told us this night yeah which which sucked yeah cause, cause there's other people that want to be in that match with fucking the guy that's the agent for fucking the brand new hot it was, wrestling it was, company it was kind of like uh, it was kind of like similar to what happened with Gigolo James when we put him in there with Ricochet. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, well, we could really use this spot to promote somebody that's going to do something with this with this honor. Yeah. You know? Um, and it was it was kind of a bummer. Um, but also, he's just like... He gained quite a bit of weight. He yeah. did not look great. Uh, he did not perform great. When, like... Imagine, I, imagine how it looks to... I mean, and this isn't anything that I usually give a fuck about, but in this particular case, I did. Because here's SCU, right? Yeah. And they're here, and th- this is who we're telling them. Hey, these are the uh, these are the best that we have. You yeah. Know? But this guy, he's out of shape. I mean, he performed well, but yeah. he doesn't look like he's no. He's at the top peak condition. This is the best we have to offer, man. Yeah. You know, it kind of it kind of makes us look bad. Yeah. But yeah, so that's I mean that's like we got that out of the bag. Um, but you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I love how Scorpio came out and uh, kind of put over Wrestle Circus in our yeah. ring. I mean, it, ultimately, it didn't bug me like it bugged you because still our guys went over. So yeah. it, it, honestly, it wasn't really a good a good thing. <laughs> um, for, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, well, um, they tried to they tried yeah. to like kickstart that new yeah thing, but that's for another. Yeah, I think I mean, but I think overall, like. 
this was a this was a this was a feather in her cap. Yeah, uh, I was happy to have it happen. Um, I gotta say this though, just a Stevo thing. When Stevo bitches about just not accomplishing shit. Christopher Daniels is one of his heroes. Yeah. Okay. Christopher Daniels has been to the fucking mountain. Yeah. Do you remember how? Do you remember the finish of this match? What? Do you remember how Stevo Stevo goes over? Stevo goes over. He, yeah. He pins with Christopher fucking Daniels. Christopher Daniels with the Blue Thunder Bomber. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so for <laughs> a guy to say that like he hasn't really been given shit to do or has he's disappointed, it's like at the end of the day, man. Come on. How much more can we fucking give you? It, I'm going to get in. So another cringeworthy moment. Okay. Right, All right. Is the fucking post-match promo. Oh. So Christopher Daniels, SCU, these guys are fucking pros. They set it up on a silver fucking platter, right? They put the fucking guys over. They give us a great go home line. And Thunder Rosa grabs the mic and goes on and on and on. And then Steve grabs the mic and goes on and on and on, right? It's like, guys, we were right there. We had the moment, and, and uh, it made my skin crawl. Yeah, this was... is one of those things where, like, people say, hey, don't give Sammy a live mic. I'm more like, no, from now on, nobody gets a live mic unless I say it's okay. Anyway, no. you. I remember you being more bummed out than I was. I thought, you know, it's a, yeah, to me it was, was kind of like... It was a feel-good moment. It was a feel-good moment, whatever. It but wasn't, it, it's but my it, weird it, Eddie Graham shit where I'm yeah. like, Brother, if you had just given me one more suplex, it would have been perfect. Like, yeah. you know, it was it was so fucking like timing wise perfect. Like, and then it got boom, yeah. black fade to black, fucking cutscene, beautiful fucking throw image yeah. at it, and then it just dragged on. It yeah. it overstated twelve. Yeah, a bummer. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so we just like. We just really were down on it. The match was fucking phenomenal, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah, you know. Anyway, well, and overall, the show was good. Yeah, it was, good it, it was a good show. I liked it. Yeah, it's fun. Anyway, we're down. We're getting down to the final five, though, guys. Final? No, it's not the final four. It's the final five. I don't. I don't even know. I can't count. We got some finals. Fuck! I'm dyslexic. Leave me alone. Um, anyway, we'll be back. Uh, and we're going to be talking about a hero never die. Actually talking about a hero never dies. Maybe. Maybe. Two. <laughs> a hero never dies, comma, maybe. That should be a show title. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking, I'm writing, I'm writing that down right that, now. That's COVID era fucking inspire. Inspire. <laughs> a hero is never ventilated. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.